filled episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics. I am one of your hosts, Brett White. Hey, and I am Matt Little. Brett, how you holding up? I'm keeping it real. On real, the real. Keeping it real world. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, real world is on Hulu. Yeah. And I've been watching all of Real World Season 2 Los Angeles. Uh, and I actually was thinking earlier today, could there be a Real World podcast? I think so. Because like, there's so much to discuss. There's... 20 seasons of real world to and discuss the entire episode where david rips the blankets off of tammy and yeah. beth likens it to a rapist ridiculous there's so much weird like crazy like cultural societal yeah. uh etc things you can just like dive in it is such a rich yeah. like the psychology behind you understand why they would say that but you understand why he wouldn't want that be like understand why are you so insecure about it what's well, like oh my gosh what has happened Two things. All about being, all about covers being pulled off of someone. Two things about the oh. real world. Number one, uh, it's weird to go back and watch it now as, uh, you know, I, I guess I loosely fill the definition of adult. Yeah. I, I will yeah. be uh, 32 next week. But uh, watching them and remembering how old everyone seemed when I was yeah. a teenager and a preteen watching real world and, and now, now watching it, I think everyone looks so, so young. Tiny. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, in season two, which I think is 93? Nah, nine, yeah. Uh, like 92, 93? It was, yeah, Los I think Angeles, you're right. because New York was 92. New York was so 92. Los Angeles was probably 93. Los Angeles was 93. Um, yeah, because, uh, because San Francisco was 94 then. They just went to Irene Gets Married, and they go to a store to get her wedding presents. Yeah. And they're like, oh, here she's registered here? And they go to like this giant like kiosk thing. Yeah. Uh, and they like get a printout. And it's like that old like, you know, dot matrix printer. Yeah, with the stuff that comes off on the side. And they're like, they have lists of all the stuff they want. It's like they've never seen this before. It's like, wow. And then also in that episode, they have abortion opinions that are the exact same as they are 20 years later. Yeah. It's like outdated technology, but the exact same archaic ideas that we still have now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's called progress. Yeah. Um, but also, we're, let's progress towards um, topics for today's episode. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we'll start a real world podcast at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Spider Man 4 happened in your feed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, in our lives uh, a week and a half or so ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're actors now. Yeah. A week and a <laughs> half ago. No. Um, uh, and I think it was a lot of fun. I think that was a crazy experience. I'll tell you, that was, uh, we put it up as part of the left-handed radio live show series that we do at UCB East, and honest to God, that was the most fun that we have had doing that live show. Really? Yeah. I've was, seen a couple, and they are awesome. Well, thank you. It, it, that was, that all of us had more fun putting that show together and doing that show, I think, than any other show we had, uh, we had assembled. So much so that, I mean, we're changing the format. Yeah. Of the show itself, and uh, to let you know now, uh, Thursday, September sixth at UCB I was East. Up the date. <laughs> yeah, uh, UCB East at seven thirty p.m. We will be debuting the next in the series that we are calling Sequel Machine. Yes, uh, and that is going to be Dark Knight Four. Uh, and I, I'm spelling it the Dark Four in I G H T. Yeah. Right? Replace the K with the four? I feel yeah, like that's yeah. what movie studios would do. Fnight. Dark. The dark Fnight. Yeah. Yeah, so, I like that. 
I think we've already I've I've read the first four pages. We're on page five now. Yeah. So it's already pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna re- reveal anything. Also, because you need you will need I will say you will need to have seen the Dark Knight Rises before this. Yeah. Because it's already it's addressing some stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I'm really. Going back, going back to Spider-Man Four, and and it just sort of plays into my excitement for Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, getting those pages every day. So quickly, we've we've discussed this before, but for Spider-Man Four, we had uh, twenty-five people each write one page each, and the only thing that they could see was the page that came before theirs. And as Brett and I watched the pages come in, just the the insanity and the hilarity yeah. too. But it was it was crazy in a good way, which I'm, I'm sure you 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 heard in the in the show itself. Uh, and like all of the writing was really fun, and everyone everyone's voices were spot on. Oh, I yeah. loved I loved your Doctor Octopus. I was trying to channel Tommy Wiseau from the room. Yeah, but at times I feel like I offended every single ethnicity with that accent. <laughs> <laughs> It channeled between awful Russian, awful Chinese, awful German, like awful everything. Sure. It's like, fine, I'm going to take everyone out. But you were playing a supervillain, so of course you should be offensive. Bad guy. Yeah. Uh, It was super fun. Uh, It was a lot of fun to put together and also hearing all those sound effects. I I would like uh, no prize. I will will extend a Matt and Brett Love Comics no prize to people that can explain some of the inconsistencies in that script. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to go back through with a fine tooth comb and actually map where every scene started and where it ended. Yeah, because I feel like my favorite one is at one point, someone like someone says, "Spider Man looks at Sandman across the desk," and it's like, "Oh, where there's a desk, there is a desk. There is not, not a desk, a desk here. There, yeah, a desk. That's great." Um, I yeah. I was kicking myself because I wanted to I wanted to rewrite the last page that I had written, <laughs> which was the headlines. Yeah, uh, uh, in the Daily Bugle because I wanted to I wanted to add two more headlines to it. I wanted to add uh, <laughs> subheadline um, box still missing from dockyard. <laughs> Seriously, what was up with that? Uh, and yes. then and then subheadline uh, still foreshadowing Black Cat <laughs> <laughs> to return in Spider Man Five. Yeah, uh, and also laying blame where blame is due. Mike Scollins is the writer who wrote the underage tender kiss between Spider-Man and a child. I had the hardest time trying to keep a out. straight face <laughs> during that page, yeah. too. Um, and Drew Johnston did all of those damn Tom Petty puns. Yeah. I'm oh, calling man. those writers out. That, that hit so hard, though, in yeah, the live show. Everyone awesome. loved it. I've um, been the waiting for this. I've been the waiting. <laughs> was great. Um... Yeah, so much, so much, so much fun. Uh, on Scollins's page, uh, I think it was Scollins yeah. that uh, that kills Mary Jane. Uh, I think so. Yeah, uh, but when I was screaming, "Where's Ronnie?" I got so into screaming that I got lightheaded <laughs> and I almost fainted on stage during the show. Come see that commitment in person at the UCB Theater East Village. Yeah, Thursday, September 6th at 7.30pm. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. That stage is really made for this type of show, too. Yeah. It's, it's a very nice, intimate, uh, the- it's more theatrical. Um, also, I love UCB Chelsea a lot. Um, 
the beast you don't sit on the side of the stage like you do yeah. at Chelsea. So it's like it's like you're actually everyone has a movie. the same vantage point. It's more yeah. like a movie theater. Well, it is. It, it literally was it a was movie a theater. theater. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, also all the seats have cup holders in them. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. So come out and see the dark for night. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea who anyone will be playing or even what characters are going to be in uh, in it. As of now, yeah. So, probably by the time this feed this hits the feed, we'll be yeah, we'll putting we'll, that together. Yeah, hopefully, people. Yeah. So come out and see it. Yeah, it's going to be really uh, exciting. And in podcast news, what's our next? What's next on the agenda? Well, this... you know what? Let's take a let's take a quick detour because uh, I want to I want to celebrate something that finally happened this week, our time, this a couple week, of weeks time. ago, your time, which was the official <laughs> launch. Of Brett White's column for oh, CBR. Well, we can talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully uh, I have... I've written a couple more since then. Exciting. Uh, I really liked it. I really liked that column. And I'll tell you, a lot of thought, a lot of uh, interesting discourse on the message board as well. I do not read it. No, no that's good. That's good. Uh, you'll, you'll never have to. I, the only reason I ever go onto a message board after I read like a friend's article or something is because I have my backup. And I'm like, I feel like I walk, if a message board were a bar, I'm walking in with two shotguns strapped to my back <laughs> and samurai swords yeah. and like football pads because Oof. I'm ready to fight anyone that says anything. But, uh, but, but everyone, everything that I've read, uh, people are, people are enjoying the column and I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Yeah, that was a lot of uh, fun to do. I'm going to be very nervous about everything for the rest of everywhere, forever. That's of course. I, uh... I, I gotten a lot of Twitter followers, which is good. Awesome. Uh, that's all this is about. Yeah, yeah. It's getting more Twitter followers. Um, but that's great. So, so what? Um, you know, the first column's always the the toughest one. Like, oh, what what am I going? What the hell am I going to write about? What made you decide to focus on what you did? I wrote uh, I wrote another one that so this was actually the second one I wrote because I wrote a one that didn't do a good job of introducing... Well, also, I, I approached it like thinking like a storyteller and wrote a first column that was basically just an introduction of who I am and my opinion. So sure. I was having an opinion about my opinions. Um, but CBR wanted, rightfully so, uh, an actual meaty thing. And I was going to write about The Dark Knight Rises and how flabbergasted I am at... This isn't even specific to Dark Knight Rises. Just how, in general, I get so mad at nerd culture where everything either sucks or is awesome. Yeah. And people saying, like, Dark Knight Rises is just awful. And it's like, you're an idiot if you think that. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's it's mostly a Twitter. It's mostly a Twitter thing where you only have 140 characters. So it's like, you're choosing to, in that 140 characters, sum up your entire, your hopefully complex reaction to a movie in 140 characters and that usually amounts to yeah it was awful yeah it's like, no have a more informed opinion and don't sell your opinion short by selling it out on twitter like actually ha like and if you're going to talk about it on twitter why not talk about the good things let's yeah. be positive about things yeah seriously um, the movie's I just two watched, hours and 45 minutes i just minutes watched and... batman and robin and it's Ooh. like okay people <laughs> seriously yeah um yeah but uh the av club wrote an article that basically said everything I wanted to say. And another thing that I wanted to say was, like, Dark Knight Rises has, like, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. Which I want... I feel like you're, everyone is totally in their right to not like it and to think it was a bad movie, and but you should have your reasons and be able to state them clearly. Uh, but you should also recognize that 
your opinion is in the minority of critics. I think a really thing that makes me mad is when people are like, oh yeah, well we all think that The Dark Knight Rises sucks. Like, yeah, yeah shitty movie, right? When you write that off, it's like, well no, actually you're fat, you're objectively wrong because it is actually doing really well and has really great critical acclaim. I, so I feel like wrong. when people do that, they feel like they're having uh, their I am Spartacus moment. Yeah. Where they say... We all hate it, right? Yeah. They're expecting everyone else to sit up and go, I was the silent majority. Yeah, now exactly. I will be the vocal majority. When you sound reality... a little like Bane just then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am Gossam's rickety. <laughs> but, by the way, Dan Chamberlain's vulture voice in Spider-Man oh, yeah. 4. So Bane. Uh, so Bane. Uh, I... You're so Bane. You yeah, probably yeah. thought that role was about him. So I didn't... But I was like, I read the AV Club's piece... And it was, had a lot of my similar points. I was like, well, now I cannot rightfully dis- distance myself from sure. that. And so sure. I didn't. And I've been wanting to write this devil piece for a while. And it both touched on the fact that I am a person who came of age in the 90s. A much derided decade. And I, and a thing I'm going to write in the future is probably, like, there's no reason. Like, the 90s are not any better or worse than any other decade. Yeah. And um, here's what the ni- <laughs> here's what the 90s got us, which I think people don't realize is the 90s were and you you look at a book like Hawkeye number 1 now. Yeah. And you look at these really great books that are quirky and these mainstream superhero like if it weren't for the 90s, we wouldn't ever have had Ultimate Spider-Man. We would yeah. have never had Brian Bendis in the Marvel universe. We would never there's no way Matt Fraction would have come within like sniffing yeah. distance, and and we would have never had these wonderful, brilliant Ed Brubaker, yeah. Brubaker, 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 uh, <laughs> Brubakerky, New Mexico. Uh, Ed Brubaker, <laughs> who is finishing up this legendary run on Cap. Yeah, you know wh- he was he was a crime author. Who's to say he would have even gotten close to Cap? Yeah. Were it not for were it not, like. The 90s, whatever happened with the 90s, and there was still some great storytelling even within superhero comics, uh, but whatever happened with them begat everything that came after it. So yeah. to hate the entire 90s is to kind of betray everything that you like currently in yeah. comics. And there's a lot. I mean, those, so my, my point was like, I want, like Deadpool. That Joe Kelly Deadpool run is the most important thing. To me, as an amazing, of hilarious media. run too. Uh, it just completely—it's exactly what I said in the article. It changed how I view everything as yeah. a 13, 12, 13 year old when I got that, and it just changed how I do everything. And and then the, the flip side, the other part of my column, trying to be more objective as a comic book reader and look at things from an adult point of view, like yeah. kill, kill your tradition, do what is best in service of the story, and it's like. Deadpool changes, guys. Yeah, yeah. I still have my Deadpool. I should not be mad at the way Deadpool is now, and I should also, like, try it out. Like, you know, it's not... It's, it's stupid to hold fictional characters to some crazy ideal you have, because they are fictional. Yeah. Um, and one person's iteration does not destroy an old iteration that you love. And the way comics are, the character's gonna come around to being one you like again. Like, yeah. this might take a lot longer than others, but, like, comics are cyclical. Um, your character might get his hand bitten off by piranhas, but he's gonna get that hand back. Yeah, yeah. One way or another. It might be, it might be a water glass hand, yeah. but he so, will have a hand again. I, yeah. So, here's a question. Um, well, I think that, that, that Joe Kelly run, too, uh, towed the Whedon line 
you know, of like it funny and dramatic and and emotional. Yeah, and and, and they hit silly me at the same and time. yeah. Well, I mean, like, because Deadpool probably went on uh, newsstands December 96, and then Buffy debuted, like, May 97, or, like, March 97. It was, uh... Because their first season yeah, was Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool was, like, fall 96. I remember, uh, it was, like, The first October, issue was cover dated January 97. Okay, so, that, so yeah, I like, wouldn't... I remember picking it up around the same time that I was picking up a couple issues of Heroes Were Born. Yeah. And Jim Lee was still on it, so it would have been that fall. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so that's, a. Uh, uh, I'm really excited. What else? Uh, what else do you have for uh, set up for future installments? Uh, I'm mad about a lot of things. <laughs> I'm mad about a lot of things. Um, I am. I'm going. I think I'm going to. Well, I'm trying to think of things that I haven't already written about. Haven't already have written about. That doesn't make sense as a sentence. Uh, I, I know I want to talk about numbering, which I think is probably a thing that you will have already read, listeners. Because I'll probably be writing that soon. Uh, and things as they come up, I know. So is um, that is that your plan to kind of keep it more sort of reactionary to current stuff, or do you want to just cover uh, wider topics that sort of the same way that we do with the with the book club, where we hit more evergreen or, or non? Yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be like I have like I want to write a thing about you know women in comics. And my opinions on those, but I feel like those are going to be triggered. Like I have those waiting in the wings for when something in the media, like when when an actual like news thing happens, it's like okay, now is the time. Like two weeks ago would have been a time to write about women in comics because another round of commentary and critique was going around Tumblr and everything. Oh because, yeah, like Heidi Heidi McDonald or like the beat or someone had a very long, really well written essay about women creators uh, in comics. That is way too long for me to get into right now. Uh, so I was like, oh, if I had been, if I had a column a couple weeks ago, I would have wrote that then. So I'll probably just sit on that for a while. I know I want to talk about numbering. I want to talk about, I will write about X-Force. Um, <laughs> and why it's the best comic of the 90s at some point. Because that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, I, I, have a, I, I do have a Google Doc now where I'm keeping track of all these ideas. Nice. Um, but I feel like it's it's it's... It's served me best when I am actually getting mad about a thing in comic books mm -hmm. to then write the article. Because that thought process of, I'm a fan and I'm really mad at this stupid thing, and then the talking myself out of being mad is where an article comes from, almost. It's like getting mad about Marvel now and then realizing, you know what, like, stories are stories, he's a good creator, it doesn't matter, like, yeah. you know, just like, enjoy, sit back and enjoy things. Uh, well, I think you were. Uh, we were talking about this before. You were you were surprised that Nicole was most receptive to uh, all new X Men. Yeah, because whenever was the one we I, ran through the Marvel Now checklist, yeah, I mean, it gave me the least attention. But then I got to talk to Brian Bendis about it. It changed my mind. Oh, let's just slip that into the conversation. <laughs> yeah, guys, we... So you interviewed Brian Bendis. <laughs> yeah. And how did it go? Uh, great. He's a super nice guy. Yeah. That was incredibly nerve wracking. Yeah. Um. It's kind of like my first day when I worked at Wizard, they're like, okay, you're going to call Chris Claremont and invite him to Wizard World Philadelphia. And then they like, oh, excuse me, what? I'm going to call Chris Claremont on the phone? And they were like, sorry, I can't talk right now, bye. Yeah. So, and, and then it's like, the room. oh, we want you to write for Marvel.com. You're going to interview Brian Bendis, who was the biggest writer in comic books. Okay, sure, I'll do that. It was, yeah. And he, he was great. Like, every single person we've talked to, and almost, I feel like every comic book professional I've ever talked to 
uh, except Rob Liefeld, has been very courteous. And Rob Liefeld wasn't mean to me. I just went to him at a like a time when he was busy, and then like tried to talk to him, and he was like busy, so he was like, "No, no we okay, whatever, thank you." And then signed my book and left. And I was like, and it was like totally within his rights to be like that that way. Yeah. Was, like, my ideal Rob Liefeld experience with this weird love hate relationship I have. Oh, sure, yeah, so yeah. Part of me is like, no, I kind of want to. I want my one experience with him to be kind of like flippant and weird. Which is not even he's a, I think he's a perfectly fine guy. He comes across that way in every interview. Yeah. Uh, but I, I almost I think I like engineered my experience with him to give me a weird story. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I was like yeah, and that Rob Liefeld once and he signed my book and was like yeah whatever and it was really great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but everyone everyone's super nice and I'm sure Rob Liefeld is also super nice and yeah. I'm not. Um, you know, <laughs> so it's just fun. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my. Uh, shit. I don't know. We got stuff. I don't think any of that's shit. It's all exciting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a master yeah. of my own arena. And speaking of exciting, I mean, we're uh, we're at the end of the summer now, which I, uh, you know, I feel like an old man every time I say this, but I cannot believe that the summer is already we're already like a week from September. Yeah. And uh, it, it went so fast. Yeah. Glad it glad it's over you're glad it's over get it away from me oh man i <laughs> thought that... closer to new york comic-con well that's true that's, I'm excited that's about. true i'm really excited about new york comic-con as well i missed last year uh yeah. and i was uh i was sad to miss it It was the first year since they started it that i had missed it and yeah. uh it was uh I, I always have a really good time there as i've gotten older i realized that my what i look for on the con floor has changed so like when i first went there we, I was constantly, I was always looking for back issues and stuff yeah, like that. And I don't do that. And anymore. then I was looking for weird action figures. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I moved up from that to like, like animation cells oh. and art. And now, I, now I want to find like the weird sort of highbrow quirky stuff. And the other thing I think I want to do is I think I want to start like a, a sketchbook because I've never yeah. had one before. Got to do that. I'm very proud of the couple I got. You have a fantastic uh, yeah. uh, television character sketchbook yeah. that I love. Uh, that's what I'm working on now because I, when I was at Wizard, because I worked in the conventions department, so my job was conventions, so I started getting X-Force commissions. Yeah. Um, and I have, I now have like every x-force character i'm now getting doubles of a couple that i want different costumes of or different interpretations of sure um but i, I that, know like, you I, I know you the completest in you is going to look yeah. at the doubles that you have and insist that you have the entire roster <laughs> in that uniform yeah <laughs> uh, uh, uh and then, then i started my tv characters one um which has which is really fun and i think most of the artists really enjoy being asked to draw something yeah that is not with, like a superhero. Yeah. So, by the way, Brett Brett has an entire sketchbook of uh, he will ask artists at conventions to draw some of his favorite television characters. Yeah. For example, if you've seen Scotty Young's Ron Swanson, that is mine. Yeah, uh, I, that, I got that done. That is me. Uh, uh, Jonathan Hickman also drew Ron Swanson for me. I have Ming Doyle did Joan Harris from Mad Men. Joe Quinones did uh, Harry Crane from Mad Men, and Maris Wicks did Leslie Nope. From Parks and Recreation. I really just want a Parks and Recreation and Mad Men sketchbook in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my Phil Noto Bob Newhart is... I cherish it because he also drew... Oh, that's amazing. He also drew Suzanne Plachette without me asking. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was like, oh. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, it is the greatest. The, so, the one sketch I want to get 
is um, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast before. <laughs> um, so in 1993, I was watching Donahue. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, and during Donahue was a talk show in the early nineties and eighties and even to the seventies hosted by a guy named Phil Donahue, white hair glasses. There are Uh, people that don't know who he is. It's entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah, And, uh, and it was very much like a, like a Jerry Springer type show. He would walk into the crowd or like, uh, Dr. Oz, those type of shows like that. Uh, but a little more like in your face. So, uh, they had some type of, uh, guest on that was whatever I do what I want. And, this guy gets up and asks them a question. And I turn to my mom. And at the time, I'm like 11 years old or something. <laughs> and at the time, I turn to my mom and I go, Oh, mom, that's that comic book artist that I have comic books from. That's Rob Liefeld. And my mom says to me, Matthew, a comic book artist is not on Donahue right now. And she laughs at me and laughs it off. And I swore on my life that it was Donahue. <clears throat> Cut to... 2003, I'm on the Miller World message boards, Mark Miller's <laughs> message boards, and Rob Liefeld has a Q&A thread. So I straight up ask him if he was ever a guest, or if he was ever in the audience on Donahue, it was him. <laughs> so what I want is a Rob Liefeld sketch of Donahue. I want a Rob Liefeld sketch of Phil Donahue. Oh, man. So if Rob Liefeld ever hears this, I am going to approach you for that, uh. and I pray that you will be gracious enough to yeah. do that for also, me. Also, Rob Liefeld, if you listen to this, hey, we're totally cool, and I'm sorry for all the things I've said about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Him and Stephen Moffat are like the two people that I hope never listen to this. Oh, my goodness. We've, I, don't, I don't even have any opinions on Stephen Moffat. I was going to anyway, say, you no. <laughs> never heard you say anything about I Stephen I don't know. Moffitt. From all the things that I... Oh, that's another, that is another podcast, and we're already yes. getting tight on time. Uh, the thing I look more... I, I just now look forward to talking to artists and creators yeah it's even like i don't even care i spend my entire time in artist alley like i don't really i now like late the last couple cons i go to i don't really go shopping for anything yeah there's now like back issues i either get through my comic shop.com which is a great website or digitally yeah like because living in new york and now digital is an option and i don't i used to love coming back with a whole new stack of comics but now it's yeah i'm trying to get rid of ones that I don't need. Yeah. So I don't need to add, unless it's, like, very specific, like, old issues of Uncanny X-Men. Yes. Like, like fi- keep the keep the things that you consider a piece of art that yeah. has some type of value to it. I have 4,700 of those. My. God, that's <laughs> so, not all of them right here, is it? Uh, yeah, this is like... all of them. I have sold, a, like, a long box. There's a long box in my office that I'm selling of, like, ones I'm getting rid of. Oh, okay. okay. And then there are a handful. I think all my Micronauts issues I inherited from my sister's ex-boyfriend are still in Tennessee. And all the DC comics I got in 1993 when I first got into comics, uh, or 92, um, are still in Tennessee. Because for some reason I didn't bring them up here. And I think my cat, my Captain Planet, like all the like all the comics I first, first got. Oh, yeah. I'm still in Tennessee that I need to get back up here so my collection will be complete. Like the Archie TMNT Adventures. Yeah, books. I have... Yeah, I got... Mighty Mutanimals. Mighty Mutanimals! I forgot about should that. Should we have yeah. that as BR? We should pick that some week. Mighty yeah. Mighty Mutanimals? Yeah. Um, what is the... What is the pick going to be? Right, uh, quick, I, quick pick talk? I believe that our next pick for the book club will be... The Grant Morrison Frank Quitely classic, We Three. 
I like that you had to specify because if you said the, it's the Great Morrison Freight Quietly Classic, bye guys. Yeah, you're the bye. It's like a golf. It's a golf tournament. It's like the, yeah. the Great Morrison uh, Freight yeah. Quietly Classic. They've done so much together. You would have been like New X Men, uh, Astro Superman. Uh, uh, yeah. Wait, hold on. What else have they done together? Um, Flex Mentalo. Oh yeah, that. Uh, they've that also no. There's more. Um, so you know, I always. Did they do, like, I, JLA it, the Nail or something? Was uh, they did, uh, no, that was Alan Davis. They did the Earth 2 graphic novel, though. Okay. That was sort of the reintroduction of the Earth 2 mythology, you know, with, uh, with Ultraman, I believe, yeah. and, and the Owl, and those guys, uh, or no, Ultra Humanite. Is it okay. Ultra Humanite? I didn't or read it. It's Ultra... digital. Yeah, um, it's, it's great. It's great. Uh, I think I was, like, 99. And I always inadvertently, in my head, attribute... Frank Quitely's run on Authority to Grant Morrison, yeah. and that was actually Mark Miller. Grant Morrison only did, like, one issue of Authority, right? And that was that much ballyhooed, and then he did an issue with Gene Ha, and then it never, the second one never came out. Did Isn't he even do, no, oh, oh, right, right, you're talking about the relaunch from, like, yeah. 2005. Yeah, he never. Yeah. yeah, and it was, like, a metafiction relaunch where he did that, it, like, the Authority were actually in Earth Prime. Oh. Like, they... They landed, apparently, and I haven't read it, and I'll, it, I'm only recalling this from reviews and discussions that I'd seen, yeah. but I believe that they landed in, like, ship comes through the bleed, and they land uh, below 14th Street, and they go to Forbidden Planet <laughs> on 13th and Broadway okay. over there. Um, Love Authority. Which has moved, by the yeah. way. Um, yeah, the, 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 original, the original Authority run was great, and I, I, I feel Allison's. like... I feel like that, I feel like once the authority ended in like 2001 or whatever, the way it sort of unceremoniously did, it's a shame that it ended the way it did, Yeah. but I don't think it should have ever been picked back up again. I haven't read it since, I read the first, uh, I've read the first 16 issues, I think. I read, because Miller, or uh, Ellis and Hitch did the first 12 issues. Yeah. And then it was Miller and Quietly, and I think I've read the first arc of theirs. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I owned them all digitally, because there was a sale on Comixology, and I just need to reread them all. Yeah. Um, and then there was the controversy with 9-11, and then, like, Tom Pyre took over for a few issues. Yeah. They had to rearrange things, yeah. and then it just oh, yeah. ends That's very, why it's very all... abruptly. Oh, I didn't realize that 9-11... I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Because I remember, yeah. like, when you read it, like, parts four and five of one of the storylines are, like, super far after parts three. Like, it's yeah. like all the issues are all jumbled around weird. Yeah, um, that was, um, Paul Levitz refused to publish the story that Mark Miller had written at the time. And I think they got, they got into, I don't know if it was in rewrites or, or what, but they, they had a huge falling out about it. And that was... When Mark Miller said that he would, that uh, he was done with DC, okay, he said unless they ever offered him, so that's what Superman. Civil War happened. Yeah, I he mean, came he came over to Marvel. Yeah, he he moved over, he moved over to Marvel, and they gave him Ultimate, Ultimate X Men and uh, yeah, yeah, Ultimate X Men and Ultimates. Boy, what a! But we three is a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we oh. three, but we three is our pick. We three, the story of three, um, bio, biogenetic, like, uh, we three is the story of three animals that have been lab subjects yeah. for, uh, for the United States military, and they escape with some of the, uh, oh. some of the sort of weaponry yeah. that they had been, uh, being used to test, and it is, it's... 
heartbreaking. It yeah, what a sad. what a sad what a sad sweet funny. It is all. I mean, it is like Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey, but with a ton of violence. And, yeah. And like an ammo. Yeah. Because uh, what they this has been in development in Hollywood for a long time. Yeah, like there's been a lot of. Talk they're very there, and and I believe that Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely are very hands on with the production. If I've read correctly, Disney is not involved, right? For some reason, I feel like I remember some like Disney might be wanting the rights to Weed Three. That can't be true. That I can't imagine that Warner Brothers at this point. That had to have been years ago. No, it was definitely that, years ago. Yeah, well, it doesn't like now. Like <laughs> Marvel's gonna make a DC movie. Well, yeah. Well, not even that. I yeah. think I think you know Warner's in the last four years has realized. Watching Marvel make money hand over fist with their own film <laughs> studio that they have intellectual the properties, and yeah. Flail about, yeah. Guys, Warner Brothers ain't getting their act together. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Warner Brothers. No, I don't care, Warner Brothers. I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah, I don't care. So you can do what you want, man. Yeah, you can do, do what you want. You, want. Do you do you. You do you. You do you. I'll do me. <laughs> We're cool. I got Avengers two coming out in like three years. We're good. Oh, I just started true. reading. I we have to wrap because I gotta go. But I have to bring up the fact that I'm on Annihilation Conquest now. Yes, and I'm on issue like eight of Nova. Yeah, I fucking love Nova, and I just I've only read the first issue of Keith Giffen's Star Lord miniseries. Yeah, with yeah, an art by Andy Clark. Yeah, it looks unlike anything else. Yep, uh, and it's so weird because the rest of it seems very like journeyman artist. Like Crystal Cage is like a just a good writer. He's gonna write the Quasar thing. My like every everything else seems very like we just got good solid people. And then this book, like Andy Clark's art is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and that book, that just that first book, which is basically was it the Cree just taking Starlord through a tour of all these people they have in prison, and it's just like the dialogue is so snappy. It's hilarious. Starlord is a great character. They answered like I've like Rocket Raccoon and Groot and Mantis and Death Cry. Yeah. Death Cry. Death Cry. Who I only recognize I think from like Marvel Age advertisements in the mid nineties maybe. Like, she was, was she an Avengers. Work? She was a was she an Avenger or a Forceworks character? I think she I'm was thinking of Century. Yeah. Forceworks. Yeah, yeah. Where's that guy? No, Death Cry well, Death Cry was Shiar, right? Yeah. Death Cry Shiar. She showed up She, she was sh- an Avenger. Yeah, she yeah. showed up in like uh, after like issue Galactic 350. Storm? It was it was shortly after Galactic Storm they started because the X-Men were really hot. They kept trying to like sort of sprinkle X-Men. Just, yeah. She looks kind of like Deathbird. I yeah, don't yeah. Know, that's cool. Yeah, because the leather jackets with the sleeves pulled up. That's what was selling the comics. The uh, the circle with the A inside of it. Yeah, just, yeah. just like the circle with X. Yeah, anyway, yeah. and it's uh I am super excited cuz Nova's great. The yeah. um the, the two issues where he goes back to Earth and finds out all the Civil War stuff. Like he, he goes back post Civil yeah. War and he's like, what He sits happened? down and has dinner with his family and, and Iron like, Man shows up at his house. Yeah, it's so good. And yeah. um, it also just reminded me how awful the whole penance thing was. Oh, <laughs> Speedball. I right. Love, I've always loved Speedball and I've never understood why Speedball is a character that people seem to shit on or enjoy shitting on. Yeah. They might love to shit on him and therefore yeah. it's like he's a they think he's a good character, but he's a good character to make fun of. But I've always loved Speedball and then when that happened, I was like, this is not You know, I feel this like it's just emo and bad. Yeah, I think I feel this like really anything I ever read involving penance, it never and I might be wrong, but it never felt like the writers really liked yeah. writing penance. Also it was so over the top. Yeah. Like, he, so over the top that he was, like, wearing that big spiky costume and looking oh, like his yeah. muscles were exposed. 
Um, I'm so glad that Chris Gage brought him back to being Speedball in Avengers Academy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because, I mean, Speedball can still be Speedball with a heavy speedball sense of guilt. Speedball can do Speedball. Yeah, Speedball, speedball you do Speedball. <laughs> no, don't do Speedballs. <laughs> Just do, you do Speedball. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Annihilation Conquest is great. We'll probably read that. We should read some of that at some point. I don't know. Yeah, that's you know, why... When, when Guardians it, of the Galaxy comes out. Uh, maybe we maybe we read Annihilation Conquest... Whenever, uh, whenever Brian Bendis gets to the Ultron War in Avengers, are they going to be similar? Are they tied together? Oh, yeah. I don't even know this. I don't even know. I don't need spoilers. I don't know. I don't know anything. Never mind. That's fine. Never mind. Uh, cool. So yeah, tune in. We're going to be reading We Three in probably a new format that you'll be uh, surprised about when we get to it. Um, and uh, keep telling your friends. Keep telling your compadres yeah yeah we will we'll have links for we three up on the website if you do have the interest in checking it out and reading along with us please click through from the site that will kick back a little bit of change to us and yeah. costs you nothing um also you can head to matt and brett love comics.com to like our like our facebook page from there you can check out past episodes of the show you can also check out past episodes of the show on itunes and if you're on itunes please Take a second to rate the show. Maybe even leave a worded review. That would mean the world to us. We uh, we thrive on those things, and that helps us get word of mouth yes. around and increases our visibility in the Apple matrix that they refuse to tell everyone yeah. uh, the formula for. We demand your information. Yeah, we want transparency. Yeah, uh, go back and check out all those old episodes. We've had great interviews with Kelly Sue DeConnick and Ryan Stegman and Chris uh, Robertson uh, and as well as many of our amazing, hilarious friends. Please go back and check those out. Um, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brett White. Uh, you can find my stuff on comic book resources uh, in the com in your face jam, which is supposed to be said in all caps. Yeah, <laughs> in your face jam. Yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, and you can check me out at twitter.com slash the Matt Little, uh, lefthandedradio.com, uh, facebook.com slash the Matt Little, and don't forget uh, Thursday, September sixth at seven thirty p.m. at UCB East. Dark Knight 4, written by 25 people, exquisite corpse style. Yeah. One page at a time. Each writer could only see the page before theirs. Uh, if you go back and listen to the Spider-Man 4 episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics, you'll get an idea of what you're in for. Please come to the show. Yeah. Uh, or tell your friends to come to the show if you have friends in New York. Awesome. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Holla at you, boy. It's gonna stick, Nicole. <laughs> it's gonna stick. <laughs> Your boy got hollered out. <laughs> you do you. Your boy do you. Slip a tree, slip a tree, slip a tree.